This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession podcast with Chef Mary Mamaliti. If somebody else is in the kitchen, like you're saying, they're fully sighted, they're watching you do everything, and it's like, oh, I really want to jump in and help. Like, that looks dangerous. And actually, that doesn't help you as a blind or visually impaired person. That just puts you more on edge. Like, as much as you love them, just leave me to it. I've got it all under control. I love when it all just kind of comes together when you have those small victories in the kitchen, especially if you think, oh, this is going to be a nightmare. And then somehow, the world, the universe is just on your side that day and everything comes together and it all times out perfectly and it is just the most divine. And the thing is, you don't even know how you've done it. You eat it and you're like, this is really good, but I don't think I could ever replicate it. That's Fern Lullum. She's a freelance reporter for BBC Radio 4 and the host of an AMI original podcast called Into You. Fern Lullum asks the big question, dating and relationships, are they dreams come true or are they living nightmares? She welcomes guests to share in honest discussions about relationships and dating on each episode of Into You. Hi, Fern. Thanks for coming on. Mary, what a joy to be here. I'm so excited to have you and I'm so excited to talk about a lot of things. But let's start with who Fern is. Okay. Okay. So, wow, who is fun? That's a big question. Um, <laughs> where do I begin? Uh, so, I, so my condition is aniridia. Uh, that means I have no irises. So the colored part of your eye, I was born with that condition. And Aniridia in itself uh, ranges from a whole spectrum. So some people who have aniridia can still drive. So they have, you know, quite a lot of sight uh, ranging right down to some people who have no sight at all. And the thing about aniridia is that it has lots of related associated conditions that go along with it. And that has been the thing that has affected me the most. So I also have cataracts. I have glaucoma. I have bad corneas. They're all kind of dodgy and uh, misty and all of the rest of it so I've got I've got lots of different conditions and that's why I am now registered blind uh, so that's that's that side of it aside from that I'm an upbeat fun loving person I've always been interested in radio always had a passion for broadcasting I started in radio uh, hospital radio when I was 16 years old, um, did my first show. I did that for work experience at school because I always knew radio was my dream and uh, kind of worked my way up. I was in America for a little while. I studied there for my degree. So that was exciting. Came home um, and now I work both for AMI and for BBC, BBC Radio 4. So that's always been a big part of my world. And I know your podcast is all about cooking. I'm not a huge cook, but I do like baking. Like I, I like a cake. That's my delicacy of choice. I love it. Okay, I want to back pedal here too. You said you did hospital radio. I was going to say, is that something that you have in, in Canada? I'm guessing not. No, if it is, I've never heard of it. So basically, uh, in the UK, in our hospitals, they have a facility for TV and for radio. And one of the radio stations that you can get is a hospital radio station, meaning it is broadcast from another little studio up in the hospital somewhere. And it all started because 
uh, it was a nice thing to go around and be on the wards and kind of take requests from people. So if you're in hospital, you're not feeling very well, you're not having a great time, you can say, oh, could I listen to my favourite song? They would write it down, they would take it back up to the studio and they would say, this one's for Mike. Have a good day, Mike. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're feeling better soon. And here's your favorite song. And that's where it all started. But for me, of course, that was my first step into radio because it was a voluntary thing and it was a way for me to practice being on air. And all of that really appealed to me. So that was my way in. That's amazing. And it would play throughout the hospital? Yeah, it would play throughout the hospital. Um, anyone, you know, you kind of had to be a patient uh, to get it, but it would be yeah. at your bedside. I think that was the slogan for our hospital radio, a friend at your bedside. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it sounds a little bit dodgy. But <laughs> I was yeah, going to say, it sounds a little <laughs> creepy, but that's okay. We'll go with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love to play games with my guests. Are you up for a couple of games? Yeah, of course I am. Let's do it. Why not? Okay, so the first one... I'd love to play with you is fill in the blanks. I'm always late to blank. To everything. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm always, I, I mean, I'm genuinely uh, just a late, I just lose track of time. I'm usually late to meeting up with my friends. I will say like, let's meet up at whatever time. And then usually 10, 20 minutes after that. Blank is how I temporarily escape. Uh, Nancy, I think, is how I temporarily escape. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've got to take Nancy out for a walk, you know, if like Josh is annoying me that day. <laughs> oh, it's time to take Nancy out. Bye, see you later. <laughs> That's how I temporarily escape my relationship. <laughs> okay, if I could go anywhere right now, I would go to blank. I would go to I, the first thing that sprang to mind was Disney World. I've always wanted to go to Disney World in Florida. Oh, that's so good. Okay, because I'm a child still at heart. I love it. I can go back any day. I want to try blank. Oh God. Um. Do you know the first thing that actually did pop into mind was scuba diving, and that's because on my latest podcast somebody said oh, you can't just go on a scuba diving day if you have a disability because you have to plan ahead. And from then on, I thought, oh, scuba diving, that'd be good, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. That'd be fun. So maybe that, I'd try that. I deserve a gold medal in. <laughs> Can I say the same as I said for my first answer? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I deserve a gold medal in trying. <laughs> Because <laughs> I, I, you know, I really do try. I mean, that's the kind of, that's a, like a participation award, basically. Now, the podcast. The podcast. Tell me oh, about yes. your podcast with AMI. So the podcast, for those of you who don't know, it's called Into You. And it's all about dating and relationships. So we delve into the very personal land of love life and how do you get a partner? What do you do when you've got a partner? How do you keep the partner? What do you do when it all goes wrong? Everything, everything, love and dating and relationships. So uh, most recently, I'm working on an episode all about dating with a disability because we haven't tackled that yet. Mm -hmm. And obviously, uh, on a personal level, that's been something that I've had to deal with. So I was interested to talk to some other people about it and the, the psychology behind it, because that's a very big part of the podcast is finding out why people behave the way they do and what's behind these things that people do. And it's very much I like to look at it from both 
sides. You know, it's mm-hmm. easy to see relationships from one side. So for example, we did an episode about ghosting and I didn't, you know, obviously you hear a lot about people who have been ghosted. So p- people who have experienced having a relationship with somebody and then it just suddenly disappears and they cut them off. But I also talked to a ghoster, a serial ghoster. I actually spoke to a ghost, Mary. So that was no exciting. Way. Yeah, I know. A bit spooky, but he was he was a great guy. And so it's just interesting to get that insight from the other side to see, oh, actually, yeah, I can understand it. I may not agree with it, but I can understand where both people are coming from. Yes. And with me, the question I get a lot is when I met my husband at the time, people were always curious to find out if I told him right off the bat, right at the beginning that I have this disability. Well, I um, I'm going to blow my own trumpet here. I did a <laughs> TEDx talk. I don't know if you've seen my TEDx talk, Mary. Uh, yes. Just casually throw it in. What yes, online yes. dating looks Tune like away. when you're blind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was yeah. What online dating looks like when you're blind. All of my experiences of dating as a blind woman, in which I bring it up because it is relevant. I'm not just mm. trying to plug myself for once. Uh, <laughs> it is relevant in that in that TED talk, I was saying how I didn't tell people a lot of times when I would go out on online dates with them, they wouldn't know beforehand uh, that I had a disability at all. And that led to all kinds of, like, like you say, even just for myself, it was very uncomfortable and awkward because I, I then had to play the part of a sighted woman in a blind woman's body. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> yeah. it. And how did that work out for you? Uh, not not very good really. <laughs> um, no it was like I say extremely awkward I'm, and I'm just constantly waiting to slip up to sit down at a table where there's already someone there to not be able to know what's on a menu etc cetera, etc cetera. and so when I met my current partner Josh now I did tell him beforehand and it was so nice because then when we went out on our date uh, we actually I even went on a dinner date to an Italian restaurant in which I had spaghetti. I mean, I never thought I would brave it, but somehow it happened, everyone. You can do that's it. That's amazing. It work out. It, that's a success story. <laughs> Spaghetti's a success. Um, and, uh, and he knew, so I could just say to him, right, come then, read the menu out to me. And I didn't feel yeah. like, oh God, I'm going to have to just now sit here and pretend to read this menu and then just guess or just say, oh, I'll have what he's having. I yeah. could actually make my own decision. And it would, like you say, all the cards were on the table and it helped both of us. So both you and your partner, do you both do the cooking? Uh, yeah, uh, we do. We do share it. I mean, he probably does a bit more than me. Um, and mm-hmm. I think one of the things with us is that I've had to kind of make him take a step back because because he's fully sighted. It's sort of like, oh, it's fine. You know, don't worry, I'll do it. But I don't want him to do that, you know, because otherwise I become dependent on him to cook all the time and I want to cook as well. Yes. (laughs) Even before I met my partner with friends and stuff, if somebody else is in the kitchen, like you're saying, they're fully sighted, they're watching you do everything. And it's like, oh, oh, I really want to jump in and help. Like that looks dangerous or or why is she doing it like that? And actually that really, that doesn't help you as, as a blind or visually impaired person that just puts you more on edge. And actually you get on better if they would just go away. Like as much as you love them, just leave me to it. I know I've got it all under control. So what do people tell you about your show? What do people tell me? I mean, they're absolutely amazed by it, of course, Mary. Um, I think mainly it's that we all have a laugh with the show and we try to just 
tackle all of these situations, see it as a balanced approach from both sides. I had a lovely comment on uh, on iTunes feedback, uh, and it was uh, from from somebody saying that. I come across as very bubbly and friendly and it just sounds like I know all of these people and they're all my friends and we're all having a laugh. And that really meant a lot to me because that's what I wanted right from the start, right? I just want it to be a fun conversation, much very much like your show, where it's just, you know, you're just having a, a giggle with your with your mates. That's what you want, right? Exactly. And I've listened to your episodes and they are informative and a lot of fun to listen to. <laughs> Excellent. Nice blend. What surprised you about running a podcast? Surprised me. Yeah. My goodness. I think what surprised me the most was how willing people have been to share their stories. So many times I've reached out to people mm-hmm. and I've thought that they're never going to reply. This is great. Like I'm reaching out to people who have done TEDx talks, who have been on TV, who are, you know, like real um, dating experts, they call themselves. And I just kind of reach out to them because I think, well, it's a laugh, it, it, you know, I mean, it's it's more than a laugh. It's it's exciting. But I, I feel like, you know, let's not take it too seriously because I've learned through dating that, you know, it's better to be on like, oh, well, if it doesn't go well, that's fine. I put up my little defense guard um, already right. when I'm contacting people from my podcast now. I'm like, well, if it doesn't work out, that's OK. There's other people. But hey, why not? You know, shoot for the stars. If you if you shoot for the moon, don't they say you um, land among the stars? So I contact people. Basically, what I'm saying is out of my league. I just go to the top, the top dogs and the people who I find the most interesting, the serial ghosters of the world, the you know people who have had just crazy experiences. One girl who met her partner on a dating app and married him within I think it was three months of meeting him. And and all of these people, I thought they're never gonna they're never gonna come on my show. Who am I? I'm just a small fish. But apparently, they you know they said yes, and it was just an amazing thing. And they were so honest and so open. And I think that's been the biggest pleasant surprise is when you ask people, sometimes they say yes. I'm Mary Mamaliti, and you're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast. Today, I'm talking with the witty and fun Fern Lullum. We're walking into the kitchen. Everything smells great. Yeah, it does. There's fern cooking. What's the first recipe you can remember trying? What are you cooking there? I mean, it's going to be something sweet. It's going to be cakes. When I was young, my mum and my auntie were both big cake bakers, and I would often sneak into the kitchen, usually to, let's face it, lick the bowl uh, when they'd finished baking. <laughs> exactly. But sometimes I would get, you know, scooped up into the uh, baking as well. So I'm going to say, you know, something quite straightforward in the baking realm, maybe like a cupcake, cookie, that kind of thing. And do you love baking as a way to clear your mind and relax, or is it just to satisfy your sweet tooth? Oh, that's, uh, yeah. I I think <laughs> if I'm being honest, I, yeah. I could just say my, you know, interview brain went, oh, absolutely, it's to relax, but mainly it's the sweet tooth thing, yeah. I yeah, mean, I'm there it's with nice you. because it's enjoyable, but you get that incentive at the end. You're going to get something nice out of it, you know, uh, as a reward. If you had to describe your cooking style, what would that be? The first word that sprung to mind was chaotic, chaotic, <laughs> frantic, messy. Um, yeah, all of those. So what's a dish that you'll never forget, either 
you made or were served? Mm, most dishes by my mum, who is an exceedingly good cook and baker. Um, she does amazing roast dinners. Do you do the roast dinner? I know they don't really in America, but how about Canada? Do you do roast dinners there? We do. Okay, that's good. That's we nice. Um, I love a Sunday roast, very British. Mm-hmm. And uh, she does an amazing, like she does um, nice meat pies. She does, oh, all sorts of toad in the hole we have here, which is a really weird name. Do you know what that is? I know what it is, but could you please explain it to our (laughs) listeners? I know exactly what it is. I mean, it's silly, isn't it, really? So it's what it is, essentially, is sausages, usually two sausages, encased in a Yorkshire pudding, which... God, how do you explain a Yorkshire pudding to somebody who doesn't know? It's kind of like pancake batter, but more <laughs> fluffy with more air in it. Exactly. Um, and That's I believe perfect. It's, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I was worried there. How, like <laughs> I just got to the, the Yorkshire pudding and I thought, well, maybe some people don't know what that is. Um, and I think the reason it's called Toad in the Hole is because the sausages are kind of like little toads hiding, waiting for their prey. This is what I found out on Google when I was like, why, why is it called that? And that's what <laughs> Google said. <laughs> That's perfect. See, and you mentioned your mom. It was You went back to recipes that your mom has made and dishes that they've made. And we all have food memories. Is there one that specifically stands out to you? My most vivid and probably favorite one from my childhood was always macaroni cheese, that kind mm, of melty so cheese smell. And it was so exciting when my mum was making it because it sort of took a little bit longer. So it wasn't a regular fixture of my childhood meals. But when it happened, oh boy, it was a good night. Okay, we're going to go on to rapid fire. Favorite ingredient to cook with? Cheese. <laughs> You've got five minutes to move into a new kitchen and you can only take one item with you. What would it be? A phone. <laughs> it's a, a call, call for food. <laughs> Order in. Yeah. Curse words you use in the kitchen. <clears throat> oh, gosh, darn it. <laughs> That's so much cleaner than mine. Uh, you, you have time to yourself. No interruptions. What do you do? Um, watch YouTube videos, probably. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Maybe it would be, oh, that's a hard one. Uh, To be able to eat anything I want and never put on weight. Yes, Mm. that's a good superpower. Okay, what's your junk food kryptonite? Oh, chocolate. If your fridge could talk, what would be the one word it would use to describe your snack choices? Unhealthy. Justin Timberlake brought sexy back. What would you bring back? Oh, God. Um, I would bring back... Uh, the first thing I thought is Backstreet, Backstreet's back. I'd bring Backstreet back. I'd bring back the 90, 90s music. There was great, great times. With both of us being low vision, we have to adapt in, in kitchens and in anything we do. Is there anything that you use in the kitchen that helps you? So you know the traditional oven gloves are like oven mitts where it's two together, right? They're they're joined together. You Mm -hmm. can't move your arms very far apart. And also there's no fingers on them. They're just like mittens, you know, all your fingers in one, okay? And I got a little while ago these 
big and I'm not sure I think they might be like for barbecues my boyfriend calls them welding gloves but they are two (laughs) separate proper gloves with fingers and everything that I use and my god they're a game changer in the kitchen I highly recommend getting a pair yes the gloves are are key Mm -hmm. the oven mitts are key yeah absolutely if you want to be hands-on you got to get good gloves for the oven I have to ask this what do you love and hate most about cooking I love the food as a result. <laughs> yeah. I, I love when it all just kind of comes together when you have those small victories in the kitchen where, especially if you think, oh, this is going to be a nightmare and there's no way I'm ever going to. And then somehow the world, the universe is just on your side that day and everything comes together and it all times out perfectly. And it is just the most divine. And the thing is, you don't even know how you've done it. You eat it and you're like, this is really good, but I don't think I could ever replicate (laughs) it because I don't know how this happened, but it just did. So that's, I love that. I hate, I guess, I mean, I guess the, the obvious thing to hate would be the opposite of that, where it's just stressful. And I think I hate the most those moments where... I do something and it usually is because of my sight, perhaps that I like I knock something over or I I make a big clanging noise or I spill something all over the floor. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like the clumsiest, most hopeless person. Um, and that's where my that. critic comes in my head and I just sort of storm out of the kitchen crying and and my boyfriend has to pick up the pieces. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. I get that. While we're talking about spilling things. I ask every (laughs) single guest to share a little kitchen confession with us. Do you have one that you can share? I do. And it very much is uh, leads on from what I (laughs) I just said about the mess. So we, uh, my boyfriend and I, Josh, we were making a cake and by the way, yeah. So I'm a podcaster. He's a sound engineer. Neither of us are great (laughs) at the, the baking, you know, it's just not our forte, Mm -hmm. but Hey, we thought it's a nice bonding experience as a couple. Let's come together and say some tender words and enjoy (laughs) our time and bake a cake and have a lovely cake for dessert. Right. That Mm -hmm. was the plan. (laughs) And so we started and everything was going well. And you know how it is, Mary, I'm sure you've experienced this, where you look down a recipe and you think, well, I haven't quite got that, but I've got near enough. We can make it work. The substitution (laughs) dilemma. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I think the recipe called for three large eggs. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, no, I think it was two large eggs. I'm sorry. And we put in three small eggs because we were like, well, they're smaller. So this just balances it out. Right. So we <laughs> and we put it in the oven. And anyway, it took forever to like we kept going back to check it and it just still wasn't cooked. It, still, it was still wobbly and, you know, it hadn't it hadn't solidified. <laughs> and uh, we kept checking and and it just sort of became more of a thin cookie than a cake and it was because we when we went back to check it was actually it wasn't even two two large eggs it was one large egg and the white I think of another so it was just basically one and a half eggs and we put in three and therefore that is not the same thing apparently (laughs) was it edible (laughs) we did eat it yeah I mean I think that may be another thing actually Mary that I like about baking is that it's it's usually pretty much edible because it's just sugar, really, and it's right. still delicious, even if it looks terrible. Who cares? I mean, there's sugar, butter. I mean, you can't go yeah. wrong. All of the favorites, yeah. 
<laughs> Thank you for sharing that. I love it. <laughs> it was interesting. I think I've got a picture of it somewhere. Maybe I can share it with you. <laughs> oh, please do. <laughs> we covered it in Smarties. So, you know, that made it better. <laughs> Even better. Even better. Oh, my gosh, Bryn. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It has been so much fun. You truly are a lot of fun. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it, Mary. And I'd love to spend more time in your kitchen surrounded by all these beautiful smells. Yeah. But before we go, if listeners want to reach out for more, find you online, what can they do? Where can they find you? They can find me on my website, fernlullum.com or on pretty much all the social medias at Miss Fern Lullum. And you can listen to her podcast, Into You. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah that please do. <laughs> it's that time we've reached the end of another show did we get your stomach growling head over to kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds plus you can check out ami.ca forward slash kitchen confession for all the latest on the podcast be sure to leave a rating and review so we can keep bringing you more episodes you'll love our producer and editor is matt agnew and i'm your host mary mamalini thanks for listening This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.